always gets me a little nervous. I know. I'm a little nervous now, too. Yeah. I think I'm mostly nervous because I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Yeah, I feel the same way. <laughs> well, yeah. So, how you been? I've been pretty good. How about you? Mitch, how are you? Doing all right. I've been uh, good as well. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on one second. Do you have a just like a... Do you have a jar and a couple quarters? We could just do the swear jar. Speaking of the swear jar, I woke up this morning and had this incredible thought. I was like, what if there was an app that we could make and call it swear jar and it uses the microphone on your phone and you can link up your bank account to it and just create like a little It's fucking genius. Well, it was genius until I looked on the app store and it already exists and it's called curse jar. So what a stupid name. Yeah. Idiots. Yeah. If I go get change out of my car, do you have something glass we could drop it into? Yeah. I really want I want the swear jar. It's on the, the episode roster. I really want it. This is the part of the podcast where Brian decided to go get some change. And we're back in three, two, one. Oh, and we're live. And we are. Yeah. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Welcome back. This is episode two of Not With That Attitude. I am one of your co-hosts, Andrew Bartos. And I am your other co-host, Brian Turk. No, wait. I'm... Wait. This is Brian Turk. I'm Brian Turk. Okay. Then I'm Andrew Bartos. Yes. And then we have Mitch. I'm over here. Don't worry. I'm still here. We can hear you, (laughs) but we're, we're having microphone issues. Oh, yeah. Thanks to Blue Microphone. Who I'm going to boycott. Uh, but we're here and we're live. Cool. Well, let's do it. Party. So here what we are we going to talk about first? I don't know. Um, maybe recap what's been going on these last couple of weeks with us since we haven't hung out really since then. Yeah, I spent a lot of time myself with Megan. I was telling somebody today that having a child is like taking care of the drunkest person that you've ever taken care of in your life. That's true. Yeah. And your drunk friend wants to jump in the swimming pool, <laughs> eat Play-Doh, create giant skid marks in their underwear, <laughs> and you got to deal with all these things. Always peeing all over the place. Always peeing all over everything. Your drunk friend constantly wants sugar cereal, even though you know that sugar's no good for them. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Mm. It's awful. Yeah. That's why, I, like I said last time, I like lock her in the dishwasher when I've had enough. <laughs> oh, man. Good times. Good times. I saw Annihilation last night. Yeah? How was it? It was pretty good. It I was, don't even know what that movie's about. Tell me all about it. It's from the director of Ex Machina. Is that right, Mitch? Ooh. Same yes. writer. Which? Something of that. Yeah, same. Same creative mind behind Ex Machina. 
Uh, it's about panspermia. Look it up. Okay. Alien life um, organically lands on Earth and starts to alter the the Earth. Huh. It's good. It gets a little abstract at the end. I don't think it's for everybody. It's not your. Um, it's not an approachable sci-fi movie. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll check it out. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so out of the loop when it comes to movies. I haven't actually... Well, I went and saw Coco. That was the first movie I had seen in a theater in a long, long time. I think it's one of Pixar's Uh, best movies. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, did you cry at the end? I cry all the time. So yeah, (laughs) probably in the beginning. (laughs) Probably going to start crying here today at some point. Just hopefully it's tears of joy. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, I cried a little this morning. I was watching, um, so I'm big on YouTube now. I watch a lot of stuff on YouTube. One of the guys I follow, his name is Billy Yang. He makes these incredible running videos. Um, they're short films. I guess you could call them documentaries in a way. But he did this one recently called The Why, and he ran this 100-mile race called the Leadville 100, which starts and ends in Leadville, Colorado. And the way the course is set up, it's an out and back. So you start in Leadville, run 50 miles out, and then run 50 miles back to Leadville. And the elevation in Leadville is 10,200 feet. And the highest mountain that you pass, it's called Hope Pass, is just under, I think, thirteen or 14,000 feet in elevation. And you have to cross this fucker twice. And so, oh, shit. And the swear jar. How long did it take? What are we, five minutes in? Yeah, I think five minutes is pretty liberal. (laughs) Let's call it three and a half. Oh, but anyway, this film is amazing, and I highly recommend it to anyone who even remotely enjoys running. Like, the the 100-mile distance is insane. People who do it are crazy. It's something that I eventually want to get to. Um, I think the first step is doing 50, see how that goes. And then I think I'm going to try and do a 100-mile race either later this year or early next year. Um, But, yeah, it got me motivated, got me pumped. I originally wasn't going to run this morning, but then after seeing that, I was like, fuck it, I'm not going to be lazy. (laughs) Unbelievable. I need to get out there and run, so I knocked out. You really are molding young minds. It's unbelievable. Good for you. Oh, man. But yeah, highly recommend it. Highly recommend checking out Billy Yang Films. If running something you're into, he makes some really top-notch, very well-produced, high-production value films. Um, Yeah. So that was my morning. Um, On another running note, ran the Galveston Marathon last week. Um, Had a really, really great time out there. Really cool course. Completely opposite of the houston marathon which is this huge you know spectacle with forty thousand runners this was really small i think there were maybe a total of less than a thousand people doing the half and full combined and the course is a half marathon course so the full marathon runs it twice and about 80 to 85 percent of these runners run the half marathon so during my second lap i was basically secluded the majority of those last 13.1 miles so it was really cool and i decided not to bring any headphones 
So this was the first marathon I've ran without listening to any music, which ended up... That's intense. It ended up being awesome. And I think it's the way I'm going to go moving forward running. Um, I really enjoyed running without running without the music, especially hitting that wall and just like going into deep thought about what am I doing here? Uh, I don't think I'm there <laughs> Why yet. did I sign up for this? Um, it was cool. It was cool. And it makes crossing that finish line so much sweeter at the end. So That's amazing. Shout out to Liz for crushing the half marathon yes, as well. Yes, huge shout out to Liz. Yeah, that was her second half marathon of the year. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. For those of you listening at home, Mitch just said, wow. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, let's see. What else has been going on? Oh, should I mention the... I'll mention the... So... <laughs> I got a letter from the IRS the other day. Um, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. So immediately I thought it was going to be the worst news ever. The reason I thought it was going to be the worst news ever was because, hold on, not yet. I'm not there yet. <laughs> was because about a year and a half, two years ago, I got a lovely letter from the nice people at the IRS telling me I owed them over $10,000. Um, I was a little shocked to say the least. So I called the IRS um, to see what was going on, and um, I'm not really going to get into the nitty-gritty details of it, Um, but anyway, I had to go through a process, fill out a bunch of paperwork, write a letter, um, and just received a letter last week saying I am no longer responsible for these charges, and I will be reimbursed any... um, penalties that I paid in the last two years. So huge shout out to the IRS. Thank you. Um, let's see what else, what else, what else, what else? What do you got? I don't know. Um, so yeah, that's been my last couple weeks. Um, ordered a new pair of running shoes. They'll be here on Tuesday. Seems (laughs) like your couple weeks is, is much more You've been more active than I have in my couple weeks. Although I started running again uh, about a little over two weeks ago, and I'm up to to 6.6 miles per run, of which I'm gonna do one today after this. Uh, and it's been it's been a, an adventure, uh, to say the least. Thinking about doing a full marathon just makes me tired. Yeah. So I'm not sure when I, I I'm gonna attempt. Well, you're to doing run. the half though. In I'm gonna run a April, half, right? and, and well, maybe not with this attitude, but I'm hoping <laughs> by April I have a better attitude. And yeah, I'm gonna run the uh, the half marathon with my uncle in San Antonio in April, on yeah. on April 15th to tie things together on tax day. So <laughs> well, shout cool. out, shout out to the IRS. <laughs> Let's see who else should we give shout. Ooh. Shout out to the uh, U.S. men's curling team for taking, bringing home the gold. Um, I can already picture the movie, Miracle on Ice Part 2. I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> Shout out to the Canadian hockey player who refused to wear her, her silver medal at the awards ceremony. Did you guys oh, see really? this? I Man, I haven't watched any of the Olympics I haven't been year. watching it, but I read this story online. She took her silver medal off during the medal ceremony. Um, Basically, she was pouting and and so disappointed in, in losing to the United States. Shout out to the U.S. women's hockey team, by the way, that she she 
she behaved like a child basically is what the uh the overall consensus is about her behavior about her doing that right taking the medal off during the ceremony so shout out to her yeah for being a poor sport being a tom brady <laughs> shout out to 290 had a really fun time on the way over here today um yeah uh, i love i love love me some 290 um so shout out to them for making people's lives uh miserable did you get and, didn't you get a, a t-shirt for your birthday i did yeah so heather say? gave me a t-shirt for my birthday that says finish 290 um yeah very appropriate the fact that Ugh. someone made that t-shirt and i there's a huge call for it it's just funny to me that that's how bad this has gotten 290 is a freeway in houston that's been under construction for about 75 years and it doesn't seem like it's there's any end in sight no. in any way there's there's been no progress that you that you can see with your eyes with the naked eye in like 5 years yeah and then i mean the weekends are the worst because there's always one section completely shut down and i live off of 290 so it's impossible for me to avoid it coming out here i mean i can take it to the beltway but even then i'm still on that bitch for about 3 miles yeah, put it in there. I don't care. Fuck, fuck 290. Fuck you, 290. Fuck you up your go-tass. <laughs> oh, also, hey, Mitch. I hate to be that guy, but do you mind if I... Can I have a beer? Would that be okay? I appreciate it. Oh, that's something I can say. I, I, I stopped drinking. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, New Year's Eve was the first day that I did not drink. I know that's an interesting day to choose. The pre-New Year's resolution. I had wine a few times in January, one time at uh, dinner at Andrew's house, and one time um, another night that was not at Andrew's house. That, that second night doesn't count, though. But since about January 15th or 20th, I've had no alcohol, uh, and it's been a pretty incredible period of time, so I don't, I don't see any end in sight at this point. I feel healthier. I look healthier. I sleep better. You look great, man. I'm losing. You look great. I think I've lost. Thank you. Thank you very much. I think I've lost about 30 pounds since November. November let's say in November I weighed 240. I think at some point in December I probably weighed about 245 or maybe even a little more. And today, uh, I forget what I said. I think I was 213 yeah. and changed just now in Mitch's bathroom. There's a scale in there, by the yeah, way. I didn't just yeah. That's what we do on Saturdays. We come over to Mitch's and we weigh ourselves. We come over to Mitch's and we, we have a weigh in. <laughs> We're not having a competition either. We just like to weigh in, which is weird. Andrew Braves two ninety uh, drives here. Takes him about forty minutes. Jumps on Mitch's scale and then he bails. Yeah. Really nice scale. Yeah, it's, it's a very it's nice. Notch. Yeah, it's a very nice scale. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually have the same scale at my house, but it's not the same. Is I don't braving two ninety. I don't ah. Uh, I thought you were saying it's the same scale, but it's not the same, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that would make no sense. <laughs> <laughs> braving two ninety is the part that's different. I got you. It makes that weigh in. Although, think about those times that you've driven all the way over here in in uh, bad traffic and the construction only to find out that you've gained weight those times are awful i remember <laughs> that is the worst i remember it's those the worst. days yeah a lot of, there's a lot of square jar activity on those oh, days oh man yeah yeah 
So one thing that uh, I wanted to talk about is the new management album. We can start a little bit light, uh, although, or yeah, we can talk continue about continue a little bit lightly before we get into some heavier stuff. Uh, it's interesting. I I put it on, I, and I think you and I had a similar experience. I put it on. I really enjoyed the first two or three songs, and then by the fifth or sixth song, I found myself not really not even paying attention to the album, and I ended up turning it off. And I had that same experience. Um, the second and third times that I've attempted to listen to it, and I'm just—I don't think I'll probably go back to it. it yeah. In this day and age, and we've talked uh, at least a little bit about this last time, I think. But with with so much music readily available, an album has to be particularly good at this point for me to to put it on repeat. Because with Apple Music, uh, for me, I think Mitch used to be on Spotify, and you switched over to Apple Music, and you use Apple Music as well. I use Andrew. Apple Music, yeah. Just at, at any any inclination that strikes to listen to to anything or to search for something new, it's just so readily available now that it's uh, it's less likely. Like I said, that I would find an album and repeatedly listen to it. And there are a few albums for me right now that I am doing that with. Uh, I can talk about that a little later. But the new management album certainly is not one of those for me. And I was really looking forward to it after a few letdowns. Uh, by them since Oracular Spectacular was that yeah the name? that was their first one that was their full yeah. length and debut. in my opinion one of the best indie dance albums out there I think them along with uh, Cut Copy um, those are a couple of my faves um, yeah I was really let down by the new album as well um, they released I think it was two or three tracks before. Um, the album came out, and those tracks were fire. Um, and I think they're the the second and third song That's on right. this album. Um, yeah. So say that again, Mitch. The title track was Little Dark Yeah, Age. Little Dark Age. Yeah, which is the second song on the album. Which is it's a it's a killer song. They do have really good songs on this album. And like you were saying, um, those first three songs are they're bangers, man. Especially even the first song. It has a very. Um, did you ever listen to uh, Fisher Spooner? Back in the day, a little bit, yeah, um, had a very Fisher Spooner vibe to me, and I was a huge Fisher Spooner fan back in like the early two thousands when they were just like hearing you say Fisher Fisher Spooner, Spooner. yeah, it's cool. Um, Say it one more time, Fisher Spooner. That's great. Hold on, let's just take a moment, absorb that one more time. Fisher Spooner. That's deep. It's very deep. All right, go on. Sorry. Um, But yeah, my opinion is very similar to yours. I thought it starts out wonderful and then just gets really dull about halfway through um and i've listened to it maybe a total of five or six times now and i keep wanting it to grow on me um but yeah it just hasn't but i will continue to listen to those first three songs because i really do enjoy those that's one of the benefits uh, uh of the technological advances such as apple music i mean think about the fact uh think about waiting for months and months for a new management album to come out and then the day or the week that it uh that it arrives you drive somewhere and you know pay for the actual disc or or album only to get home and after all those months of waiting three songs in and and you're you know you're in love with it and by the sixth song you've tuned out right so that's a one of the definite definitive benefits of technology is that we don't have to pay for these things and on a a side note 
the the money that I spend every month on Apple Music, I, it's the one thing, and it's the one recurring charge in my life that I could not live without. I don't have cable anymore. I have some services like Netflix and some other stuff, car insurance, garbage like that. But uh, the the money that I spend on Apple Music every month, I, I've tried to convince other people who don't have it uh, that they they should look into it. Um, there's no better money that I spend. Oh, yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, I was spending well over $10 a month on music. So to only spend 10 bucks a month and have access to every single song in Apple's library is more than worth it. I have spent tens of thousands of dollars on compact discs in right. my life and well well over that five-figure number uh, for sure. So to pay nine ninety nine a month or less, depending on whether you're a student, by the way, maybe look into that if you're uh, if you're a student, you can get a discount. But it's it's very much money well spent to for me to drive to work on Monday morning and suddenly want to listen to Al Green, and then you know throw my headphones on at lunch and want to listen to Rancid or whatever. I'm just thinking randomly here because I yeah. don't listen to Rancid. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, and that's the cool thing is, again, you have access to, to whatever whatever right. mood you're in. I mean, even their radio stations, I think they do a pretty good job at. Like, I listen to their indie station a lot. And their um, mixes. And Yeah. Absolutely. What, what Something I found recently on, uh, on here, I started listening to Led Zeppelin recently, and I was going pretty hard in the paint on them. Ooh, hard in the paint. I haven't heard that in a while. Going pretty like hard it. in the paint on Led Zeppelin. Uh, but one of the newer things that Apple Music is offering, there's uh, an individual item that you can add to your library that is Led Zeppelin's entire uh, studio catalog in one in one yeah, place. In one, yeah, right. Right. I, I'm, I guess like you're not going to call it an album, but it yeah. is like in one album. And the same thing for, uh, I found that for Pink Floyd and a few other artists. Soul Coughing. They did that for Soul Coughing. Nice. And uh, we, yeah, love Red love Hot Chili Soul Peppers. Coughing. I think they did that for them too. So the, the, now the interesting thing about management uh, that we talked a little bit about on the phone uh, a week and a half ago is how difficult, you know, I'm not a musician, uh, but I am a student of music uh, uh, and popular culture. It, how difficult it must be um, to create a masterpiece like Oracular Spectacular, um, a masterpiece that most likely management uh, developed and fine-tuned probably over years and years. Now, they did have an EP prior to the release of that full-length album. Um, but if I had to guess, I would say the, pretty, the, the standard operating procedure for someone uh, who debuts with a masterpiece like that is that they, they, they didn't create it over the previous 12 months. It's probably songs and concepts that they've been developing for years. You, you create a hit like that, and then... Your record company immediately needs you to try to recreate that 12 or 18 months later. Um, right. It's very. Few, I find it very few and far between uh, that these artists are able to consistently put out uh, fantastic music. And management certainly falls in that category. They're not a one-hit wonder, um, but they may be a one-album wonder. Yeah. Um, but to sit here and be so critical of them, um, that as you said before that album is an absolute all-time great album certainly for that genre so i'm not trying to take anything away from what they created with that but what i guess it makes the the artists that are able to consistently put out new innovative 
captivating music, uh, it makes them even more special when you think about it that way. Yeah, for sure. I completely agree. And I'm trying to think of an example of someone that falls into that category and, and, and nothing's that coming to mind. Constantly produces that consistently puts out album after album that are that are just mm. What about Radiohead? I would say Radiohead is one, L C D sound system is LCD one that system. I've been spending a lot of time listening to recently. But that there's for every LCD sound system, there's certainly a management, right? Um, I'm trying to think. Who's that group that sings um, Pumped Up Kicks? Foster the People. Foster that, the that People. That album was incredible, and then everything That's another then. kind of, yeah. That's another band. Like, they recently just came out with a new album that I, I didn't even know. It's terrible. Um, it's horrible. Terrible. It's horrible. You can tell, like, I guess they're trying to go for the, uh, the pop vibe. Like, it's just, it's... It's really bad. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Yeah, they changed directions. Um, I don't know if you... I heard about 30 seconds of... Uh, uh, and rest in peace, Chester Bennington, by the way. But I heard like 30 seconds of one of the, the newest Linkin Park releases, obviously before he passed away. And I'm not even sure what they were oh, going for. Yeah. I'm not sure what genre you would call that. I'm not sure how they ended up at that place. But I'm guessing they were trying to tap into what they thought was current. But it was just... Not only was it terrible, but it wasn't them right at all it right. sounded like something else feels to me like foster the people probably has a public relations team or someone at their record label that's trying to make something out of them rather than just letting them be artists right it's the yeah. label right now on the flip side something i've been listening to a lot lately and i'll tell everyone i've told everyone who i've come in contact with um and this is a <laughs> This is an album that's actually from 2016, but it's Michael uh, Kiwanuka, Love and Hate. He's a, I guess I would classify him as an R&B singer. Um, yeah. He's British, but it's not traditional R&B by any stretch of the imagination, although it often harkens uh, to very classic, spectacular R&B artists. To, to me, a lot of times, I there are many times when I'm listening to this album that I'm thinking of uh, Marvin Gaye, what's going on, which for me is like a top 10 album all time for me, not saying that that should be the case for everyone, but Marvin Gaye, what's going on is an absolute, it's a banger. It's a banger. As Andrew would say, it's unbelievable. And this Michael Kiwanuka album, it's, it's unbelievable. It's got very classic uh, undertones that, that, are reminiscent of Marvin Gaye and Al Green and things like that, but it's also very modern. And um, certainly, I believe it's his second album. His first album doesn't it is not nearly as innovative. It's very good. It suggests uh, what he has become and what he will continue to become. Um, I think what's really escalated him from album one to album two is probably whoever's producing that, whoever produced that second album. Uh, and to me, when you when you listen to an album like this, which again is uh, Love and Hate by Michael Kiwanuka, uh, it's pretty obvious that, uh, to me anyways, that a producer can have as much of an impact on the vibe and the sound and the landscape of, a, of an album as the artists themselves right. have, right? A, a different producer can completely change things up and make something new and great. And this is the case. This album is unbelievable. Yeah. So I definitely recommend checking it out. Yeah, he's good. I had never heard of him until you sent me that video. And I yeah, watched just, that. Yeah, his voice is just, it's 
powerful. He's incredible. Yeah. And he, he's just got this energy. Uh, a lot of his songs he has videos for, and he's got this, he exudes a, a bit of uncertainty and humility. And maybe I'm wrong about that, but, um, I tend to pick up on, and maybe some of it's imagined, but I'm very into energy and, and that energy that people exude, I guess is, is the best way to say it, but he's got a humility and a subtlety and an uncertainty about him in each of the videos that I've seen that maybe even endears him more to me than just somebody, you know, especially today where everyone's so in your face and, and in this genre, um, if you think about the weekend versus Michael Kiwanuka, the weekend is so flamboyant and outspoken right. and confident to the point of annoying the shit out of me, uh, uh, to be honest. <laughs> is that your first swear jar contribution? That is my first swear jar contribution. But Michael Kiwanuka is just absolutely fantastic. And we can move on. Uh, there's another album one that I've... Quick, one of, real quick. One of the... Uh, <clears throat> one of the... Uh, oh. Thank you. Hi. Hey, Mitch. Hey, everybody. This is Mitch. He's Mitchie the Glue. That's What's me. funny is we called him Mitchie the Glue, or I did, uh, on the first episode, and people have been calling him that no in the office intended. since then. It stuck. <laughs> but I'm bumped. Oh, yeah. Just a real quick note. Looks like one of the uh, co producers on Love and Hate was actually Danger Mouse. Oh. So, nice. There you go. Yeah. So, I mean, nice he's, work. Uh, he's always had a. He has had an outstanding career. He always has. Say what you will about what he did to the Black Keys. Don't get. Sound. I would I believe me. And I immediately went there, and now I'm going to talk about the it. Ohio but native. I know that one hurts, but still, he. Uh, this is definitely more of his style, and I think that's part of why it worked as well as it did. So I'm right with you on that one, without a doubt. Yeah, the Black Keys to me, um, still to this day. Uh, when it was just the two of them, Patrick and Dan, performing with no additions to the to the band, still the greatest live act that I've ever seen. And I've been to probably at this point close to 200 concerts in my life, maybe even a few more. And the the two of them and the energy that they created together when it was just them, I've never, I've still, I've never seen anything like it. Absolutely, were one of my favorite bands. And when Danger Mouse got a hold of them. Uh, they stopped being one of my favorite bands. I'll just say that. <laughs> uh, it, it's interesting. They're an interesting uh, example of sometimes less is more. I think as they've added musicians and production to their sounds and their live shows, it's actually detracted from the energy that it used to exist between the two of them. And it was so powerful. I haven't. I have really haven't seen anything quite like it. And I've Austin Ray. Right. Shout out to Austin Ray, by the way. How you doing? Uh, I he's a drummer and I took him to see Black Keys one time and he left about three songs into the show he really? just didn't get it I think that was at the Meridian um, so they're definitely I wouldn't say that their earlier work was for everyone they've certainly escalated in popularity since what I deem the overproduction of their music but to me they were never meant to be the headliner at Cynthia Woods Pavilion Right. they were meant to perform in smaller venues and I understand again we're talking about a lot of moving parts here like two guys who want to make money and and gain fame and notoriety for their craft so i'm not holding anything against them it's just i personally think that the additions have taken away from from what they used to be able to do uh, as a duo so 
Sorry for that tangent, but I Mitch no, knew, you knew it was coming when you when you brought that up. <laughs> God, I used to love the Black Keys so much. One other album that I've been listening to a lot lately. Again, this is Andrew and I have talked a little bit lately about what new albums, uh, what were the best albums of 2017, and I find that uh, at this point, again, back to, to to reference back to technology and Apple Music, I find it much less likely with everything that's available to me that what I'm currently listening to is something that just came out. Right. Right. So I found Michael Q. Anuka, uh, thanks to Angie, actually, she sent me, um, the video for cold little heart, uh, about two weeks ago. And I just, I haven't stopped listening to him since the other album that I've been listening to a lot lately is another one from 2016. And it's from Starfucker. Uh, if you haven't heard of them, they're, uh, the, they spell the name of the band S-T-R-F-K-R. Uh, one of the articles I read recently um, alluded to the fact that the name itself has probably hindered their career and their advancement on radio and all these other things because of the offensive nature of the name. I'm certain um, yeah, that but they're maybe aware they of care. that. Yeah, they, I, they yeah. obviously don't care. And I think that they're super talented. And uh, being no one going nowhere... Uh, is talk about dance albums. If you haven't listened to it, it's it's unbelievable. I will definitely really, check really it out. well done. As and they're another example of a band. Uh, I'm gonna pull up their catalog here really quick so that I can make sure um, I'm saying the right things. I think their first album that I ever listened to uh, was Reptilians, uh, if I remember correctly, and that might not have even been their. Uh, their major label debut or anything like that uh but it's an incredible album and and they've i think jupiter was another one that i really enjoyed and now they're you know they certainly have more than three albums but there's at least three to me that i just think are fantastic from beginning to end so they're a good example of a band that's just continued to produce quality music that i enjoy from album to album sweet cool cool story bro <clears throat> so what else yeah what do we got? Um, I don't know I guess staying on the albums from 2017 um, what's up I was trying to not interrupt you I was asking oh. Mitch how long we've been going it's hard to not interrupt me when you're doing that like right in front of my face hey hey <laughs> no um yeah, I don't even really listen to albums anymore. The way I consume most of my music is actually through Apple Radio. Depending on what kind of mood I'm in, I'll just, you know, set it to whatever. And that's usually how I find out about new music as well. Is, uh, you know, just seeing what's playing. Um, I don't have as much time as I did growing up to search for all these bands anymore i actually don't really spend as much time as i used to listening to music anymore um most of the my time listening to music is usually just spent in the car driving to or from work so if i'm not listening to a podcast and i'll just put on an apple music station and if it's a song that comes on that i'm really digging then i might check to see what artist is playing and you know see some of their past work um 
But yeah, when we were talking about albums from 2017, it was hard for me to even think of albums that came out in 2017. Like really, <laughs> the main one that came to me was Beck's album, Colors, just because Beck is one of my favorite bands. Um, which, speaking of the Management album, that was another album that I was sorely disappointed about. Um, and another album that I had extremely high hopes for because the songs that they put out ahead of time were fucking fantastic um and the rest of the album was just very meh for me so shout Let's out to Beck. <laughs> but uh yeah i kind of thought the swear jar was going to be a deterrent but uh it has curbed nothing well so. what helps is that we're using your money to put in the swear jar so i feel like it's really uh it's more it's, symbolic it's no, but it's thank no you con- for that it's no consequence it was meant to be symbolic, but you're being a douche about it. So, is douche a swear word? We'll go, uh, yeah, we'll go with that. a penny. Hey, is that a uh, is that a tollway token? I can use that. That's a batting cage token, actually. Oh well, I can use that too. Stick it up your ass. <laughs> Ooh, that one has a particularly deep pitch. Ooh, I mean, that might be the swear jar token. Oh man, symbolically speaking. Uh, yeah, so I know. We had talked about not talking about the treasure the truck. Recent, I knew you didn't want to talk truck. about the Amazon treasure truck, but we're going to talk about it anyway. And we're going to do that right now. No, I'm just kidding. Tell me all about the Amazon treasure truck. No, I'm, I was kidding. I Go know. on. I'm Go just on. joking. Um, yeah. So originally when Brian and I were shooting around ideas on what to talk and about Mitch. and Mitch, yeah. And Mitchie the glue, um, immediate, this was immediately following the mass shooting in Florida. And so naturally that, was going to be one of our main topics of discussion. But then the more we thought about it, I guess the more we decided that maybe we should just hold off. Um, maybe it's not something we really want to discuss. Um, it's really not our style anyway to uh, talk about politics. And as much as you want to say this isn't a political issue, I think that it definitely is. Um, however, with what the president came out and said a few days ago regarding teachers carrying guns in school that really you know struck a nerve with me especially you know me being a public school teacher that it is something that I I just want to touch on um, and give I guess my two cents and see where you're at I think we have very similar opinions on this and again these are just this is just my opinion if you disagree great Um, I'm you know I'm willing to have a conversation with anybody about this but the, I guess my main point is when you have a problem, all right, and I think, you know, whatever, whatever, whether you're conservative or liberal, I think we can all agree that these shootings are a problem. Whenever you have a problem, the solution is typically not to introduce more of the problem. Um, so I think teachers bringing guns and carrying guns into school is not only a horrible idea, I think it's a ludicrous idea. When a gun in the school is a problem, having more guns in the school is not a solution. And an analogy I came up with last night when I was talking to somebody, it'd be like me coming up to Brian, and uh, this obviously isn't the case because he just lost about 30 pounds, but anyway, me coming up to you and saying, hey, Brian, it looks like you've put on a little weight 
here, why don't you hold on to these double cheeseburgers? Just carry them around. Um, you know, you don't need to eat them. But if you get starving, then go ahead and eat the double cheeseburgers. Um, I just... I think a better way to phrase that analogy is that carry around these double cheeseburgers. And if you see someone that you think is hungry, force <laughs> them to eat them, whether it be right. against their will or not. Um, force them to eat those cheeseburgers. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that is a better analogy. Um, but I just... I don't see this as a... I don't see this as a solution at all. I think it's a horrible, insane idea. Not to mention these are educators you know i am a an educator i'm not a gun expert um and me taking a training class isn't going to make me a gun expert it's not going to make any of these teachers a gun expert um also i teach in the hood um i teach at one of the worst schools in houston and last year we had one of our teachers actually get fired because they got in an altercation with a student and, you know, I say this jokingly, but I'm, I'm absolutely serious when I say, you know, you're going to see instances where these teachers get into these altercations with students and they fucking shoot them, dude. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, I mean, who's shooting who? The teacher will shoot a student. I guarantee it. Put it in there. Yeah, I'm going to cuss a lot during this. Um, what a deterrent. This is great. Yeah. Um, but anyway, when we originally started talking about this, I did some research because I wanted to come at it with a very objective, very numbers, statistics-driven um, conversation. And the University of Chicago recently put out um, a study regarding gun violence. And their main finding was that Murder wasn't the main cause of death regarding guns. It's actually suicide, um, which kind of leads me to my next point. And that is, I mean, we have a failing healthcare system in this country. And I think the two, while they're completely different problems, they're somewhat related in the fact that, I mean, it's, it's affecting the mental health of these people. And when you if you do a search and you search the top selling drugs in the US for the past few years you're going to find nothing but antidepressants antipsychotics autoimmune disease medication which and I'm not going to go on a whole rant I think that we can do that for another um podcast topic but the bottom line is a lot of this stuff it can be treated just with simple lifestyle changes um, just with changing our diet, changing the way, you know, how much exercise we get. Um, I think if we make these simple changes in our life, it'll lead to more happiness between everybody. Um, I don't know. We need to be nicer, goddammit. We need to be fucking nicer to people. I think just being nicer goes a long way in this world. I think if we say thank you more. We say please. When you see someone, say hello. Open the door for people. Just be nicer. I've been, saying, you, I've been saying hello to strangers a lot more recently. And anytime I say hello and engage a stranger when I'm with someone else, or not anytime, but some of the time, I, I get a, a little bit of a weird response from whoever I'm with. Uh, I was with a friend last weekend who was in from out of town. 
And I think uh, initially, as when I did it, he thought I was being sarcastic and kind of mocking. But I really have actually made a concerted effort to engage people, which is difficult for me because I hate people. Right. I'm just putting that out there. I know that's a huge um, selling tool for this podcast. Please listen to our podcast. By the way, I hate you. <laughs> but I do. I really, my preference is to be alone and to, you know, I can exchange niceties easily enough with people, but to, to I have to really force myself. Mitch, I broke your um, French press glass. This, that's how many times no. Andrew well, sweared. It was probably my fault, yeah. That's how many times Andrew sweared. I'm going to get a better swear jar, and I'm also going to replace this. So sorry about that. Yeah, I find it much easier to ignore people and not engage them, um, and it's my, that's where my comfort level lies. But in spite of that, I've been forcing myself to be um, to interact more with people and with strangers. And because let me tell you something. Uh, the other day, I was getting on fifty nine after I dropped Megan off at school. So I, I made a left off of Kirby onto the fifty nine feeder road heading south, and. I was accelerating because before my opportunity to get on Route 59, uh, there's an exit ramp for people that are exiting uh, for the next street, which I think is Buffalo Speedway. So I always accelerate there because it's my only opportunity to get over, and I happen to be a very aggressive driver. Anyone that knows me will agree with that. Um, <clears throat> the person getting off the freeway at the time, there is a point to this story and an end, believe it or not. The person that I sped past as they were exiting the freeway and then I merged in front of them immediately merged behind me and got up next to me and was just really they laid on their horn for probably 25 seconds and then I escalated or I sped up as I was entering the freeway and he sped up again and gave me a, what was a really amusing version of the middle finger he like blocked his entire face and all I saw was this guy this finger driving by <laughs> as he flipped me off and although I was amused by his behavior, um, and I'm not certain I believe that either one of us was right or wrong in that uh, situation, driving certainly when there's you know dozens of individuals engaging and interacting with each other, um, it's really difficult at, at points like that to determine who's right and who has the right of way. But I can tell you this uh, with 100% certainty that his negativity and his anger from 30 feet away from me it infected me. It, I, I left that in interaction and, and I took some of that with me, even though I was consciously thinking about how silly that was. Um, and regardless of where the blame lied, uh, I was laughing, but I found myself clenching my fists and feeling more aggressive right. as a result of that simple interaction where we actually, you know, we just saw each other. It was nothing beyond that. It anger, and this is actually going to tie into to the other stuff and the the shooting and all of the debate that's gone on about the Second Amendment. Anger begets anger. The only way to combat anger and to resist it is to embrace the opposite of anger, which is being you know uh, being courteous, being happy, being feeling peaceful. Right to me that and the on the same note or token, violence begets violence, yeah. and there is nothing 
I don't care if you are the safest, most responsible gun owner. Something happens to you when you have that gun in your hand. Yep. I, there, I just, I refuse to believe that that nothing changes about the way you feel about yourself, about the power that you're wielding. It affects you, and and it makes you a different person. And I don't think, I don't know that I believe that that's a good thing. And and I'm probably going to begin offending a lot of people here right now, but to be quite honest with you, I'm um, I'm tired of caring about people whose opinions and to me are are of a selfish nature and not i'm not sure how to phrase this and not lose a lot of people but it appears to me that a lot of people that i've engaged with about the gun debate are very concerned it's not that they don't care but they are coming across to me my impression that i'm being left with is that they care about themselves and they care about the people that are immediate to them, their close friends and family. And and what and correct me if I'm wrong, feel free to tweet at us at NWTA Pod. Is that correct, Mitch? You can also email us uh, at nwtapod at gmail.com. And I think we have an Instagram. Uh, again, I don't know what that is because I'm old, but I think the kids use it. You can hit us up on Instagram. Hit, hit us up, is that right? Yeah, hit you us up. Hit us up on Instagram as well, and I think it's also NWTA Pod. But the impression that I've gotten is that people that want adjustments, not abolishment, I'm going to say it again, people that want adjustments made to the Second Amendment, I want to make sure that I say that word clearly, because it is an amendment to an original document, meaning the original document that was the word in the law that established this great country of ours needed to be amended after it was created in all of the infinite wisdom of our founding fathers. That document, the Constitution, that we often reference and established the laws of our great country needed to be amended so I just want to make sure I said that clearly. The people that think that the Second Amendment needs some uh, legislative adjustment, for the most part, are not simply concerned with themselves and those immediately surrounding them, but they happen to be looking at the what is best for all of us, what is a way to make all of us safe. So when something like Parkland happens and your immediate response is to become concerned with how it's going to affect your life, and I think, quite honestly, that you might be a selfish piece of shit. That's just my opinion. I could very well be wrong, but that's the impression that I'm left with. If you want to start debating how a potential ban or adjustment to the laws on high-powered and automatic rifles is going to affect your time at a shooting range then I think you might be a selfish piece of shit. And I'm tired of hearing the rhetoric. I'm tired of hearing about how many lives handguns take when we want to talk about assault rifles. I'm tired of hearing about knives. I don't care about any of that. I care about the safety of not only my child and the future that we're going to, that we're currently constructing for all of the children in this country. I care about all of that, and I don't give a shit 
about your ability to compete with an assault rifle at a shooting range. I don't care. I don't think you should have an assault rifle. I think it's dangerous. I don't care if I'm using the wrong term in calling it an assault rifle. I don't care. It's a high-powered weapon. It's a killing machine. It has no other function than to destroy human flesh. And, and I don't think that everyone should have access to them. I think it's, I, I'm sorry that I, I didn't want to do this. But as a matter of fact, I spent a lot of time trying to constructively debate with people on Facebook. Uh, people that I'm connected to, people that I consider friends, who have very differing opinions from mine. I spent a lot of time trying to debate this issue with those people. And each and every time that I engaged in those debates, um, it, it, it often does on Facebook digress to ad hominem. Uh, and I am guilty of it uh, uh, oftentimes, yeah. well, as other a, people are. It's an easy way out, right? But I got to be honest with you. I don't want to talk about the violence in Chicago due to handguns. You know what that all that tells me is that something needs to be adjusted in that regard as well. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, for example, an article that I read on Fox News stated uh, that the Parkland school shooter shot at people as they were evacuating and running away from the building through third story windows. And the only thing that prevented him uh, from taking more casualties was that the windows were bulletproof or he wasn't able to shoot through the glass. And had he just attempted to open those windows, he could have proceeded to, uh, God only knows how many people that he could have affected if he had just opened those windows. Uh, but don't tell me that he could have inflicted that same, attempted to inflict that same type of damage with a knife or a handgun because I'm not buying it. And the last thing that I'm going to say on this, because I became so affected emotionally by all these debates on Facebook that I actually had to, I'm a Facebook addict and I'm willing to admit it. I took three days away from Facebook to try to feel better about things um, and to regain a little bit of the hope that I have for the future uh, of my daughter and Andrew's child and Mitch's dad's kid. Um, I really wanted to regain a little bit of that, uh, uh, the, the flame of hope for the future that I felt was extinguishing within myself. And what I came back to Facebook with and my renewed attitude, and you can take it how you want, um, is that I don't want to debate anymore. I'm tired of these debates de-escalating into conversations about other things. Yes, we have mental health issues in this country. That doesn't mean we shouldn't address high-powered rifles. Yes, we have a handgun problem in this country. That doesn't mean we should ignore high-powered rifles. We have a lot of issues. Yes, there are 3D printers that people can make guns with. That does not mean we should not address high-powered rifles. It doesn't. None of that matters at this point. And there are Republicans, including Marco Rubio, uh, who are slightly adjusting their stance on these on the Second Amendment and all and the blanket that it protects and all of the intricacies of all of the types of weapons that are protected currently under the Second Amendment. There are other conservatives who are either saying things or not saying anything at all that are adjusting their positions. 
And what we need to do as people that believe that something needs to change, we need to not let this issue die the way that issues die uh, in 2018. Something happens, we're all affected by it, everyone talks about it. Three weeks later, no one's talking about it anymore. I don't believe, thankfully, due to the kids at Parkland, that this, I think that the, we've reached a tipping point, and I think that this time is different. Uh, and I, for one, yeah. am going well, to you make can see sure. That with all the companies that are now ending their partnerships with the NRA, I think they're finally waking up and, and getting that message. Yeah, and th- I actually thank you for interrupting me because I, I that that's all that I need to say on that issue. Um, yeah, but, but we can be a part of the change that needs to happen. Yeah. So I, for one, I'm not giving up. I, for one, I'm going to find ways to utilize my time effectively so that I can be a part of the change that I want to see. Because right now, not just with guns, but with mental health and everything else, I think we're failing our children. Well, in yeah, making this eight the same if not a better place than the way that we found it right we're failing right now yeah and here's i mean the bottom line is we have what 350 million people in this country there's not going to be an end-all be-all solution to any of these problems all right it's going to be a work in progress but i mean fuck i mean let's get something started You know, I mean, we have a problem. Let's do something. We've done nothing for so long and look where it's gotten us. It's gotten us here. You know, we have an opportunity to make a change, to do something instead of sitting here bickering back and forth and getting nothing done. Fucking do something. Do something. And I mean, I will give the as much as I'm not a Donald Trump fan, I will give him props. I heard he what just recently banned bump stocks on a. I guess, what is it, assault rifles? I don't really know what bump stocks are, but I guess apparently they increase the fire rate out of a rifle. They make a semi-automatic um, weapon an automatic weapon. Yeah, so I guess that's, I mean, that's something. Also, you look at what Oregon just recently um, made into I believe, law. by the way, if I'm wrong, feel free yeah, to correct that me. Sounds right. really yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I don't know much about it, but yeah, that sounds right. Um, and then Oregon, I think it was just yesterday, made into law to where convicted... Um, uh, what is it? Convicted uh, sexual abuse convictions, um, criminals, domestic violence. domestic violence. That's it. Yeah, domestic violence uh, convict convictions. Um, they could no longer purchase uh, weapons or guns, um, which is, again I think is a step in the right direction. But again, I mean, there's not there's not one solution to all of these problems. All right, we've got multiple problems that need to be addressed. Um, you know, I mean, just another statistic I found, um, and this isn't related to the gun thing, um, but kind of hit home for me. Um, one in three children will be diagnosed with diabetes. Um, that's fucking crazy, man. And that just shows you like where this country is going. Like we're going to shit and We've got people doing nothing about it. I mean, I think it's time we wake up and make a change and, you know, not stop getting stuck in these day-to-day routines, you know, sitting here bitching about our life on social media, calling other people fucking retarded on social media because they have a different view than yours. I mean, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. There you go, bud. 
It's getting a little chilly in here, Mitch. <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. That's the, the last thing I want to say, or to, to put, um, I don't know what to call it. What I just said in my position that I'm taking is not, I'm not speaking for Andrew. I'm not speaking for Mitch. Um, they may have differing opinions from mine, and I accept that. Uh, I, what I voiced was my opinion about the state of things. Yeah. Solely. Yeah. Actually, another thing, um, I was thinking actually on the way up here, we get a driver's license, right? Before we can drive a car, we have to go through some type of exam and we have to get a, you know, a driver's license. Why can't we do something similar to purchase a gun? Why can't there be some type of exam or some type of test that we have to pass and some type of process we have to go through in order to purchase a gun? I mean, we have... We have uh, what to- I can tell you is, is from having heard a lot of the responses to some of the suggestions that have been made for reform, um, there seems to be a stock, more or less a stock answer for each uh, suggestion that would be, quote-unquote, infringing on the rights of Americans to bear arms. The suggestion or, or response in this case has been um, there is a class. It's a concealed uh, handgun carry class. Right, but you don't have to have that in order to buy a gun. That's I can go correct. to a gun that show is a and very buy good, a gun. That's a very good answer to Yeah, I mean, there, there should be you know a gun license similar to a driver's license. You don't have your gun license, then you're shit out of luck. You know, I, and there needs to be a, a very detailed process as far as what needs to it's, be done it's also in order different to obtain from, this license. It's also different from state to state. Right, which yeah. Really, and I think, that, I think um, that... That waters down the issue and makes it even more right. confusing. Uh, I will tell you, I believe, since we're going to continue down this road a little bit more, or for a little more time, it should require more for me to purchase a gun at a store in the average place in the United States uh, I get as much scrutiny trying to buy cold medicine, over-the-counter cold medicine at Walgreens. Or a razor. Shout out to Walgreens. <laughs> we don't forget about CVS either. It just happens to be where I'm at at the moment that I need something. So we don't prefer one to the other. And well, either I prefer, Walgreens, I prefer Walgreens either Walgreens or CVS, if you're looking to spo- sponsor a less-than-mediocre podcast. Oh, man, you're selling yourself short. A less-than-mediocre podcast who currently is taking... What some people are going to call an anti-Second Amendment stance, which is not the case because nobody here, uh, certainly myself, wants to take everyone's yeah. guns away. Yeah, no I'm, one wants the Second Amendment to be overturned or abolished. No one is saying that. Yeah, I'm definitely not anti-Second Amendment. I'm not anti-gun. Actually, I enjoy shooting guns. I've got a lot of family up in Indiana, and when we go up there, they all have guns. They live on farms. We go out and we have a great time shooting guns. Um, you know, there are responsible gun owners out there. I don't think that's, you know, really up for debate. Um, but, you know, they, you know when it, the old adage, don't let a few, what, what is it? A I, few don't, rotten I feel like apples. this is not about to be an old adage, but go on. Yeah. The way that you started that felt like you have no idea what it is. So therefore, it's going to be yeah. a new adage. In other words. <laughs> Let's hear that new adage, Andrew. This new adage brought to you by maybe Walgreens? (laughs) We don't know yet. Nobody knows. All right. Nobody knows. Um, What is it? Don't let a few bad apples spoil the bunch. Um, 
But you look at, you know, the, you know, you got these college kids eating Tide Pods. Now you try and go get Tide Pods. They're locked up. I don't know what a Tide um, Pod is, first of all. Is that like pods? Thai food? Oh, Tide. No, tide Pods. Tide, tide Pods. You kept saying Did I say Tide Pods? Tide Pods. I'm sorry. I meant Tide. like Tide. Taiwanese. Tide. Po- small pockets of Taiwanese people. Tide, tide pods. pods. Yeah. Um, actually, huge shout out to Tide Pods. I use Tide Pods. I love them. Um, I don't tide use pods. Tide Pods simply because it's it, it's not cost effective. They're very expensive. Yeah, they per are. Load. Yeah, they are. Per load. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoy them. Um, and we really we could easily take this episode another ninety minutes like we did the last one, but I think we need to yeah let's to wrap call, it up yeah. here for the sake of time to... trying to capture new listeners who don't want to see a ninety five minute tag on the on the um, yeah the feed I think we one. can probably cut out these last like five to ten minutes. No, and... I don't think so. I don't think we're gonna cut anything out. Maybe okay. I don't know that there's a point that Mitch could work his magic, but maybe there is. Uh, I want to really quickly talk about the. Uh, are we have we, are we good on the what we just discussed? What did we, we just discuss? The Second Amendment and yeah, guns yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't want to cut anyone off. Mitch, do you have anything that you want to add? I know you have an opinion about all this, and it's not exactly the same as mine or Andrew's, or maybe very different because you and I haven't talked enough about it. But again, I have not spoken for Mitch, and neither has Andrew. So if you want to say anything, no, okay, fair enough. Uh, the Amazon treasure truck. Yes. What a what yes. a segue. <laughs> It's like riding a Segway right into this. For anyone that's not familiar with the Amazon Treasure Truck, you actually don't even need an Amazon Prime membership. This sounds like it's uh, um, an advertisement from a sponsor, but like uh, we love to do here at uh, Not With That Attitude, we like to advertise for people who are not sponsoring our show. And we're going to do that again right now. <laughs> Last time it was uh, Halo Acorns. Boat. Halo I still, Boat. I still recommend people get a Halo Boat. Boat. I couldn't <laughs> or, use it. Or, or a halo boat. Get some tie pods, a halo boat. <laughs> <laughs> and you could you can wash your clothes uh on the on the on seven your, seas. On, yeah. <laughs> get a halo boat. Get some tie pods. Time. And then if it dies, fucking hook up that halo bolt. Charge that fucker right up. You got two more, so go for it. <laughs> Please don't. You don't need to use those. We can save those for the next few minutes. Uh anyone that has a Amazon Prime membership can sign up for this, and even if you don't have one, I believe you can still sign up for it. Amazon Treasure Truck is pretty cool. Uh, it debuted sometime last year, and the very first, it's like a flash sale, uh, an in-person Amazon flash sale as opposed to on their website. Uh, you sign up through the application or through their website perhaps, uh, and they'll send you a unique text message. You respond to that text message, and then you're done. You're signed up. Um, I think I, I got off subject there for a minute. The, what I was going to say is that the first item that they uh, brought to Houston on the treasure truck was the impossible to get uh, Nintendo Classic, the mini Nintendo with 30 or so programmed games that had sold originally for about $60. Uh, Nintendo stopped making them. They were impossible to get for anything less than about three or 350 bucks. Yeah. They're actually, um, they started production again. They started They're production again, that's correct. But as of last year, they had not started production correct. again. Uh, the very first item with no prior notice was uh, the Nintendo Classic. I just got a text message one morning, and that's how this works. You sign up, um, and then you're done. Whenever the treasure truck is going to be in town, uh, and it's been happening with greater frequency here in Houston, you receive a text message at some point, usually in the AM. Uh, today on Treasure Truck, 
I think uh, a few days ago it was some wild caught Norwegian Atlantic uh, Norwegian salmon. Pardon me, and it was a decent value. I, I initially signed up for it and I ended up not making the purchase, but it's always really unique, innovative things. I think I got a um, what's that a Vitamix? Is that or no? What's the you got a Vitamix? I didn't get a Vitamix. They actually had one one time on the treasure truck. I got a Nutribullet uh, two weeks ago. I got an Instapot. I got some really good headphones. Sometimes it's food. It's recently they had workout equipment. Uh, but you don't have to uh, buy what they're selling, certainly. You get a text message if, if you're interested. You can reserve one of the items. And then you have to go to one of the usually two or three locations uh, at the allotted time. And all of that's laid, uh, it's laid out in the application. The, the one constant through all the items that they're selling on the treasure truck is that it's at a considerable discount uh, to what you would otherwise find the item. And there's a lot more to um, the strategy behind making purchase, believe it or purchases, believe it or not, off the treasure truck. But I really, I think I'm going to stop there and maybe we can revisit this uh, uh, a couple weeks from now. Maybe a few people that listen will sign up for it. Uh, and then we can talk a little bit more about the strategy behind making a purchase on the treasure truck. But it's very cool. It's a flash sale. You have to show up in person. It's kind of like a mini event. Um, they actually remember my name now when I show up, which <laughs> means maybe I have a purchasing addiction. Uh, but they also, very early on, I had taken Megan and her sister. And the next time I visited, they asked about the kids. So that I thought was some good that's a solid customer service move to remember something unique about someone like that. So huge shout out to the Amazon treasure truck. I recommend it to everyone. Boom. And I think that's it. I really want to, and, and for me, that's it. I'm not speaking for everyone. So if you have anything else, Andrew, I'm good. Yeah. Mitch, anything you want to talk about? All right. All right. In that case, see you fuckers. We're going to later. <laughs>